Our gospel passage this morning is taken from the gospel according to John, chapter 15, beginning in verse 9 and reading through verse 17. Hear now a reading of the good news. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning once again, and thank you for being here for worship this morning. Over the last three weeks, we have been looking at how community, specifically the Christian community, shares and aspects of life together. Two weeks ago, Sterling preached and talked about how community shares in worship with one another. Last week, he preached and talked about how community shares in grief, looking at the story of Lazarus. And today, we will be looking at how community shares in joy. If I'm totally honest with you, Studying and reading scripture about joy this week has been really good for me, for my soul, for my mental state, because like many of you, I have been totally entrenched in the craziness that has been 2020. Every day around 10 o'clock, I announce to the office the daily numbers of coronavirus cases in Mobile. I've been obsessing over the news and the latest information from public health officials and scientists. I've been listening to all the political debates as November is quickly approaching, and I've been so excited and anxious at the same time for schools to reopen. With all of this, it has been a very strange season, one that we really thought and hoped would be over by now, but here we are. As the saying goes, it is what it is. What better time than this to study and focus on joy? Christian theologian and ethicist Lewis B. Smead said, you and I were created for joy. And if we miss it, we miss the reason for our existence. We were created for joy. So why do we sometimes miss it? Why do we have times or seasons or moments in our lives where we don't feel joyful, where we can't see joy as clearly as other times? How could we possibly ignore something we were made for? Well, the answer is humans are complex creatures. We have the capacity to experience great joy, but we also have the capacity to fill our minds with worries and thoughts about uncertainties and the unknowns and the what ifs of life. And when we do that, of course we miss the joy that is right before us because we filled our minds with other things. So, to begin shifting our mind and focus this morning, we have come to David and Tommy Sue Mayer's house. They created this beautiful courtyard as a place of beauty and rest and joy right outside of their home. 
And so I hope you will join me in focusing on joy as we are here in this extremely joyful environment. The Bible has a lot to say about joy. If you combine together all the times in the Bible that it mentions joy or rejoice, rejoicing, joyful, anything that contains that word joy, it's mentioned over 500 times. So I want to go through each of the four main ways joy is used throughout the Bible and talk about them together so that we may reorient ourselves to look for and find joy in our everyday lives. So the first type of joy is the joy in the big moments of life, the moments where something extraordinary happens. The first thing that comes to mind for me is a wedding, a marriage that takes place. You think about two people coming together and choosing to honor, love, and respect one another for the rest of their lives. This is a huge moment. And not only are the two people there, but typically there are family and friends there too that travel from their respective homes, all to come together for those two people to share in their joy. I know when Micah and I got married, I was just elated with all the people that came to join in our joy, in our ceremony and in our reception. I literally couldn't stop smiling and walking around and saying hello to people and just thanking them for being there. Their presence, sharing in that with us, was so immensely joyful to me. I also know that huge moments of joy in people's lives are when they have children, a new baby in the family. Not only does that mean that the nine months of carrying a baby is over, but a new life is there. The two people become parents, grandparents are introduced, and there is a new life with potential and expectation. Lives are forever changed when a baby comes into people's lives. I know we felt immense joy when our nephew Harrison was born. It just brings a whole new aspect to family. Other things I think about are when you learn to drive, when you get a new job, if you get a promotion, when you buy a house, when you graduate, all of those big moments that are extraordinary. But the thing about this first type of joy is that this is not something that can happen every day. You know, you don't drive for the first time every single day. You can't get a promotion every day. You can only have a baby every nine months. These are not things that you can count on for joy consistently. These are the big moments. So that's part of what makes this type of joy special because it is the extraordinary type, the high moments of joy. But the second type of joy comes from the smaller things, the simple everyday joys that we have right before us, but we do have the capacity to miss. So I put out an Instagram poll this week and I asked my friends what was bringing them joy right then in that moment. And here are some of the things they said. The beautiful weather, reading a book, getting to relax, watching a favorite TV show, home decor, swimming, a new candle, receiving a handwritten letter in the mail, morning coffee, a walk outside, beloved pets, tiny kittens and puppy breath, and Micah today would say, the storm that is rolling in. Just thinking about these little things, you might find yourself thinking, yeah, those are pretty ordinary things. These are not those huge, extraordinary, joyous moments, but they are things that bring us joy. I wonder what might be on your list of joy, perhaps a beautiful space outside of your home like this one, 
where you can come and rest for a moment. These are the simple things that are in front of us every day. But again, sometimes we miss it. Brene Brown uses the metaphor of string lights to talk about this type of joy. She says they are moments of light and delight that when you string together can bring light and delight to your whole life. But again, these types of joyful moments, they don't make up the entire existence of our being. You know, they're not all the time. But when strung together, they can create light and joy and happiness. And that's why something like a gratitude journal can be really helpful because it can help us realize that we do have these small joyful moments every day of our lives. In the aforementioned poll, a few people mentioned joy that's in the third category. And I'm gonna list the things they said and see if you can think about what might be different about this type of joy. Quality time with my husband and his in-laws. Fun with family at a five-year-old's birthday party. A teacher getting to meet her students for the first time this year. And getting to share a meal after the first day of school in six months. This type of joy is the joy we can only share in community with other people. This is a joy we share with other people. And when I think about moments of high, immense joy in my lives, I already shared with you my wedding day, which was just hugely joyful for me. But all of the moments I can think back to and think that was joy, it's always shared in community with other people. I think about the time that Micah and I wanted to go to Colorado just to visit, to see the mountains. We love the mountains. And on a whim before we went, I decided to call a distant cousin that lives in Colorado just to ask for some pointers, some things we should definitely try and do, some places we should definitely eat while we were there. And to my great delight, he not only responded and gave us lots of things to do, but he also said, why don't y'all come and stay at my house for a few days? Why don't I pick you up from the airport? Why don't we show you around Colorado for your trip? It was an amazing experience and it makes me fill with joy even right now considering it because if we hadn't reached out, we might have missed that moment to share in community with my distant family but also we got to see so much more of Colorado and more of a local experience than we would have if we had just tried to do it by ourselves. Out of an abundance of their generosity and kindness, we got to experience immense joy with them. I also think about a few months ago when we had some neighbors invite us over for a dinner. And on the surface, if you look at the two lives of us and our neighbors, we don't have a whole lot in common. They have three children aging from eight to 14, so their lives are filled with sports and bicycles and dance practices, and they're constantly on the go. Their yard is constantly filled with the activities their children like to do. But since we moved in about a year ago, they have been consistently reaching out to us, asking how we are, and inviting us over to their house. So the first time we went, when they had prepared a meal for us, a place for us, and invited us into their home, it just filled us with joy as we got to share in a meal with these neighbors and also to share stories, to share in community with one another. I think about family reunions, birthday parties, camping trips, going to an exercise class, joining a rec frisbee team. Each of these experiences are enhanced and made even more joyful because we share them with other people. 
The fourth and final category of joy, certainly not last, is the joy that can only be found in Christ. Once again, humans are complex creatures, so everyone has the capacity to experience this joy. This invitation has been given to all people to enter into a relationship with Jesus, to abide in him, and to experience this joy. We learn in Galatians that one of the fruits of the Spirit, a fruit of being in a relationship with God, is joy. That's one of those fruits. And so, like all other types of joy that we've talked about this morning, this one is unique. This type of joy, the joy that we find in Christ, is a joy that says, life may feel out of sorts right now. Things are not exactly how I would choose them, but I can still have joy because I know that God is still with me. God is working things out. This is a joy that can permeate all areas of our lives. It doesn't depend on our situation or our current experiences. This joy is deep within our heart because this joy is not dependent on this earthly life alone. This joy is connected to our eternal home, our salvation, our connection with God that is greater than anything we're experiencing right now. When we remember that Jesus came as a fleshly human to live, to dwell, to show us how to live, we know that he did this so that we might be reunited one day. And this alone, this hope, this promise that Jesus came and gave to us through his life, ministry, and sacrifice should produce in us a joy that is present even in moments of hardship and the weirds. This joy, the joy that we have in Christ, is what sets a community of believers apart from the rest of the world. Our gospel passage from this morning helps us understand how these last two categories of joy are intertwined. So how we share in community joy and how our joy in Christ can be made even more apparent through our living. So Jesus does this in the gospel of John by using a metaphor of vines and fruit. John 15, 1 and 5, which is before what we read this morning, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Those who abide in me, and I in them, bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. And then, of course, in verses 10 and 11, Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So what can we learn about the source of our joy? Where can we find this joy that we were created for? It all goes back to Jesus, to the vine which we are called to abide in. It is because we are intimately connected with Jesus that we have life and breath and the capacity to love as we have been loved. Jesus tells us that if we keep the commandments he has given to us, that his joy will be made complete in us. And just to be super clear, he states again what that commandment is. Love one another as I have loved you. The word here for love is agape, and this is the selfless, sacrificial type of love. It takes work to love someone this way. It's not something that comes easy. To choose someone else before yourself, to put their needs before your own. But we have been given an example of agape love through the relationship of God and Jesus. 
through Jesus coming to earth as a tiny baby and living a fully human and fully divine life. Through that life and ministry, he demonstrated how we are to love one another with this divine agape love. And now, as those of us who represent Christ in the world, we are called to love one another with that same love, sacrificial love. It is a high and holy calling, but one that produces the good fruit, joy. Throughout the last six months of the weirds in this COVID-19 season, joy may feel like a distant friend, a distant memory. Perhaps like me, you have been distracted and focusing on all that's going on in the world, all the craziness, all the weirdness. It seems that things in every direction are seeking our attention and our focus. But this passage from John inspires me to reorient my mind back to the vine which we are connected to, our life source. It reminds me that when we abide in Christ, we are able to reorient our mind, our focus, our thoughts on things that will produce the good fruit, the things that bring life, instead of the things that ultimately hurt us. So I wonder, what would happen if we spent just a little less time obsessing over the coronavirus and thinking about the worst case scenarios, hiding away from the craziness of the world? And what if we spent just a little more time focusing our eyes and our minds on Jesus, on his love, his joy, and his desire for humanity? Would that make all of the problems and chaos of 2020 go away? Probably not, but this reorientation would certainly change our mindset. Instead of producing worry, frustration, anger, and fear, abiding in Christ would produce the good fruit, like love, joy, peace, and patience. And we could all use a little more of that in our world. So as you go throughout this week, I encourage you to reorient your thoughts and your minds to Christ. And as you do so, to seek to love one another with this sacrificial love that Jesus has shown to each of us. And as you do so, the joy of Christ will flow through you and out of you and fill your mind with good things. May we always seek to be a congregation and a community that shares in joy with one another. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.